the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. George Brockler back with you here. 710 KNUS. It is that hour when uh, normally, of course, we would uh, have Sherry Python uh, from Complete Colorado, page two. I imagine she is still recovering from her post-Wolverine victory hangover with Dr. Julie. I should have asked if they were sharing the ether last night uh, during the game. But uh, we are scrambling to find Sherry right now. I'm certain that she's probably just trapped under something heavy. Uh, In the meantime, though, we have some other stuff I wanted to talk to you about. It's it's interesting to me that we, we are confronted with a campaign... That seems like it's a juggernaut. It's a runaway. But the stories end up becoming about all of these other side issues, the the uh, the challengers. I mean, listen, I know that the state party in, G- in uh, Colorado, the state GOP, wants to sort of pre-bless off on Trump and say we're going to come out and endorse him. I can't think of anything that is more contrary to the purposes that a party serves, especially during a primary But uh, I'm not in charge. I'm not part of the Central Committee or the Executive Committee anymore. Uh, I'm just a regular dude who happens to be a Republican. Now, having said that, um, one of the things that has taken place is uh, a series of polls that get done. And if you looked at today's polling, and I think it was Rasmussen, it could have been something else. Nikki Haley is right up on Donald Trump in New Hampshire. She is now single digits away from him. New Hampshire... I'm not going to say it's Trump's Waterloo, but it is definitely a weak spot in the campaign trail for him. In Iowa, it seems like the biggest threat to Trump will be uh, failing to hit expectations. There's no doubt he's going to win. There's no doubt he's going to win by double digits. Um, His own folks are out there saying things like, hey, nobody has won Iowa by more than 12 points since Bob Dole. That's a big deal. We're going to hit that. I think that's true. The question is, does he eclipse 50 percent? If he doesn't, what does that say? But in New Hampshire, it's different. In New Hampshire, he's polling at under 40. Nikki Haley has seen a 12 point surge. She's up around 31, 32 points. Interestingly, fourth place is not Ron DeSantis. So it goes Trump, Haley, Christie, number four, Billy Blaze, Ramaswamy is number four with 8%. And then DeSantis way down at 5%. Folks, I, I, uh, I'm only guessing here, but it seems to me that a week from now when the Iowa caucuses have taken place, if Ron DeSantis doesn't have a strong second place showing, I think he's going back to Florida. Because he's not going to get any sort of a bounce from New Hampshire. He's going to have to crawl into South Carolina. And I just don't think it's going to turn into anything good. So this is, and this is why he's spending every moment there. This is the end for Ron DeSantis if he can't come up with a convincing second place win. And it's looking more and more like maybe that won't happen. Now, I've seen a bunch of social media posts from Vivek Ramaswamy. And um, dude is like, be prepared for a shocker, man. We're going to shock the world. 
Every single presidential cycle, somebody says that. Everybody says that. It never, ever happens. We'll see if it happens here. One quick thing before we get on to this Civil War topic, because it's important. The Vivek Ramaswamy thing is interesting to me because I think what this guy is doing, I don't know what he's planning for for right now, but this guy is doing a good job of cultivating the next generation of voters. And I know that because friends of mine who are Trump people or DeSantis people or Haley people, their kids like Vivek Ramaswamy, mostly their sons, but their, their kids like Ramaswamy. And I'm wondering if that isn't something about the future. I wonder if that doesn't foretell that this guy four years from now isn't a much bigger player than he is right now. Just very interesting. Something I want to keep an eye on anecdotal, right? Like no studies to show that nothing like that. It's just out there. Um, now, you would think that the Civil War, having been so long in the rearview mirror, would be a matter that we could either all agree upon its causes or uh, how it was conducted. That's not true, apparently. Those things are still debatable because they've been debated on the campaign trail. Nikki Haley, who right now, like all the guns are trained on her, right, especially Trump's because he can feel her breathing down his neck in New Hampshire. Uh and every misstep is going to be amplified. And sure enough, she had one that was amplified. And it was in response to a question about the Civil War. <laughs> I keep thinking about the nine-year-old kid with the planted question. But this is one about the Civil War. Billy has found the sound and, uh, and has it right here. Well, don't come with an easy question or anything. I mean, I think the cause of the Civil War was basically how government was going to run, the freedoms and what people could and couldn't do. What do you think the cause of the Civil War was? That's weird. I mean, that's weird. Uh, how government was going to run and what freedoms you couldn't have. I suppose the freedoms that some people couldn't have were freedom. But it seems to me that she got beaten up a bunch in the media because she didn't come right out and say what I think is obvious to anyone. And that is that slavery was the ultimate cause of the Civil War. That's not me saying it. That's Abraham Lincoln talking about, you know, just look at his second inaugural address. Yeah, the, the Confederates say it. I mean, so is there are there states rights issues? Yes. But let's be honest, the states rights were. To own people. I mean, so at the end of the day, it was a slavery thing. So she gets slapped around a lot, beaten about the face and neck over a failure to acknowledge with her very first answer. And I get how this happens. Um, slavery as the ultimate cause of the Civil War. But then the Civil War shows up again over this weekend. But my guess is you didn't probably hear it because it didn't get the same kind of traction. And that's interesting from the legacy media. And it makes me wonder why, why they didn't make a bigger deal of this. Maybe it's because there's already so much stuff about DJT that this would just get lost in that chorus. But Trump was talking about the Civil War and he said, uh, Billy, you've got that sound? The Civil War was so fascinating, so horrible, it was so horrible. But so fascinating, it was, uh, I don't know, it was just different. I just find it, I'm so attracted to seeing it. So many mistakes were made. See, there was something I think could have been negotiated, to be honest with you. I think you could have negotiated that. All the people died, so many people died. But that's, I was thinking to myself, because I was uh, reading something, and I said, this is something that could have been negotiated. You know, it was just for all those people to die, and they died viciously. That was a vicious, vicious war. 
And uh, in many ways, look, they're all this nothing nice about it. But boy, that was a that was a tough one for our country. But I think it's, uh, you know, Abraham Lincoln. Of course, if you negotiated it, you probably wouldn't even know who Abraham Lincoln was. Uh, he would have been president, but he would have been president. And he would have been he wouldn't have been the Abraham Lincoln would have been different. But that what would have been OK. It's uh it would have been a, a thing that and I, I know it very well. I know the whole process that they went through and they just couldn't get along. And that would have been something that could have been negotiated and they wouldn't have had that problem. But it was a tell, it was a hell of a time. Well, I, if, I, I'm sorry. I, it's tough, man. And this is not a uh, I, don't, I don't know. I just don't even know how to respond to that. Did he get no questions after this? We were going to negotiate away the Civil War. Do you believe that? And and I guess the question for me is there's a couple layers to this. One is why the disparity in treatment? Nikki Haley gets punched in the face by the media and, and frankly, by folks in the Republican Party over a failure to acknowledge that slavery was the ultimate cause of the Civil War. And yes, states rights is part of that. But remember, it's, it's all tied into slavery. You have the president, the former president of the United States, who's on the verge of becoming the president of the United States again. Say this gong show stuff like we could have negotiated away the Civil War, which is ignorant of the fact that for, I don't know, the 70 years before this, we were trying to negotiate away the Civil War. Um, Whether it was through the uh, Missouri Compromise or all of the other things that took place that uh, nobody else I guess acknowledges during this speech, but does this have any impact on you? When you hear this, does it change a single thing for you? And I'm not asking you to to beat up on Trump. I'm just saying there is a disparity in treatment here. This guy can say or do almost anything with utter impunity. And it doesn't matter that the legacy media attacks him because the folks watching the legacy media are folks that aren't going to vote for him anyway, right? But do you believe that, that the Civil War could have been negotiated away and that his takeaway from that is, wow, if Lincoln had done that, we wouldn't know who Lincoln was today in the same way. He wouldn't have been the Abraham Lincoln as if going to war was the thing that elevated his ID, that uh, that gave him the fame, the notoriety. I just, folks, I, I don't know what to do with this because this is a guy who is ignorant of history, our own history. I don't pretend to be a historian. I'm not. I've learned the things that I've learned from from actual book reading and schooling and stuff like that, things I've done on my own. I mean, maybe it began with, you know, the Killer Angels, and it, it turned into uh, watching Ken Burns thing, which spurred me to read a whole bunch of biographies and then ultimately ended with War College, where you talk about things like this. But this is gong show stuff, folks, like we were going to negotiate away the Civil War. Which part were we going to negotiate away? Were we going to convince the South to give up on slavery or the secession part? I mean, my concern here is that this is all in the context of Ukraine and Israel and Hamas. Like, is this how this guy's going to conduct business moving forward? And that is to just negotiate away these things? I don't know what to think. 303-696-1971 Someone texted in, slavery was a states' rights issue. Yeah, I agree with you. But it was slavery, right? It wasn't states' rights issue like, we demand to have our own flag. And everyone said, no, you can't have your own flag. 
We demand to have our own taxes. That, that wasn't it. Here's another text. He's the diplomat. He's looking for a diplomatic solution. Well, I'm sorry. That's stupid. You can't have a diplomatic solution to things like, oh, I don't know, the Holocaust. I mean, could, do, do you well, see this guy saying yeah. we could negotiate away and, World War II? And, and the other part, though, is, is the idea of saying, well, he's a diplomat. Yes, but the issue is he's ignorant of the history. We had already negotiated slavery a number of times. There were a series of agreements between the North and the South about slavery. We were trying to do the separate thing, and it wasn't working. That's kind of the point. So the idea that Trump comes in and goes, well, I could have negotiated. They've been doing it. He doesn't know the previous history. He's ignorant of that. He doesn't know the history leading up to the Civil War. And part of it you can tell because when he talks about Abraham Lincoln, he goes, the Abraham Lincoln. He knows there's a nickname there, but he can't find it. He doesn't know he's the great emancipator. He can't pull that. And, and again, anybody that calls in, I'd love to have you call in and say it was a states' rights issue. Go through the Confederate founding, docu- founding documents and tell me why they said they broke away. Go through the states that broke away the but, Confederacy. But How, I, I, I'm not going to disagree with states' rights, but it was the states' rights to authorize slavery, the owning of another human being within their borders. That's a slavery issue. Not a states' rights issue. The, the, the part that concerns me here is this guy who's about to become our next president, not only is he ignorant of history, but there is a hubris that runs through this, isn't there? This idea that maybe he could negotiate away everything. Well, I'm sorry. You can't negotiate away evil. And owning another person is evil. The Holocaust is evil. How do you, uh, this idea that it's a uh, diplomatic or that uh, th- this is what a good businessman does. Well, I'm sorry. At some point, you can't just file for bankruptcy in the war with the Nazis or in the war with the South that's going to break away and divide up America. I mean, I imagine there are some folks out there who think we should have just let the South go. Do you really believe that? Do you think America would be what it is today? You would be where you are today if that had happened? Would we have a better America if we'd allowed half the country to break off so that they could own other people of color? I I don't. I mean, there's a reason that Abraham Lincoln is in the same breath as Washington as two of the greatest presidents of all time. We're about to hit President's Day, which is a stupid holiday because it used to be Washington and Lincoln's birthdays. That mattered because those two are special. But the idea that uh, we're going to honor Grover Cleveland and Bill Clinton and President's Day, forgive me, honoring an office holder? No, I don't think so. But that's where we're at. But this is what's important is the idea... I I don't understand this guy. He just says stuff and he just gets away with saying stuff. And when it comes to the Civil War and we're going to negotiate it away, do you shrug it off and just say, ah, not that big a deal? Or do you find yourself scrambling trying to justify those comments by saying things like, well, he's trying to be a diplomat? Why would you defend those comments? Someone should have pulled him aside and said, enough, move on. Start talking about injecting Clorox into your veins to cure COVID. But please stay away from the idea that you were going to negotiate away the ownership of people by another people. That's just not going to happen. But my concern here is, one, it's a sign of this hubris that runs through every decision he makes. But two, what does this mean for Ukraine? I mean, if you're Zelensky and Putin, you have to look at this timeline and say to yourself, what happens in November if this dude wins? If you're Zelensky, it's over, right? Like Trump's going to show up 
and say, uh, well, which part of your country did you want to keep? And we'll give away the other parts to appease Putin. And if you're Putin, you can't wait. Dude loves dictators. And he's going to say, look, I negotiated away a peace in Ukraine. And the right wing folks, and, and including folks on this station, are going to clap and applaud. Yay! Yay! And then what? What else are we negotiating away? Are we going to negotiate away Israel and Hamas? I mean, that that's the concern right now is that Biden, you know, Blinken's over there right now. Biden's going to blink. In, and, uh, and they're going to end up saying, hey, Israel, we're not going to support you getting rid of Hamas anymore. Folks, some things cannot be negotiated away. Some things are not there to serve as a a way to build up your name ID or your popularity. I I don't understand what's happening, but nonetheless, this may be one of the things that shows up in in New Hampshire. I I don't know. But Nikki Haley is now about six, seven points away from Trump in at least this Rasmussen poll. Now, folks have texted in. I've uh, seen some social media stuff where people are like, I can't find a single Haley voter. I don't know any Haley voters. I believe you. I believe you. Because your group is probably largely Trump people. I get it. If you're a Trump person, you're not a Haley person. But I know a ton of people out there who have pinged me and said, I'll be honest with you, she doesn't bring the controversy. She doesn't bring the distraction. I kind of like her. I've had a lot of that lately through texts. A lot of moms, too, by the way, who are like, I like Nikki Haley. I'd love to see Nikki Haley progress further. Now, that doesn't mean she's going to win. She's not. I mean, short of something else happening, she's not. But but this stuff is just one more thing that makes me question, what are we doing here? Now, I don't buy off on any of this Biden doomsday stuff as he scrambles to try to save a failing campaign. I mean, listen, when you've lost Barack and Michelle, you've lost a lot, right? Like they should be his number one cheerleaders because he was part of their team. Remember big effing deal and all that when they hijacked and broke health care in America? But they're concerned, too. So this guy has a flailing campaign, a flagging campaign, and then shows up to give this uh, it's the end of times as we know it if Trump gets elected thing. I'm not there, but I do have some concerns, man. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. 303-696-1971. I'm, I'm just interested in your thoughts on this. Here's one. Passing the Emancipation Proclamation was time perfect by Lincoln. Southern states seceded. Northern states passed the proclamation. Uh, that actually happened after secession. 13th Amendment, I believe, was uh, during the Civil War. Uh, here's another one. The South found that the North would not enforce the Fugitive Slave Act and claimed they have the right to hunt down humans in northern states. I believe that as well. That was part of that, too. Another one. George Trump's assessment of the Civil War was a subjective opinion. Okay, Gino, I'll read the rest of the clip. But what does that mean? If the Civil War could have negotiated before it began, it would have saved 700,000 lives. They tried, Gino, they tried to negotiate it, right? Over 70 prior years, they gave and they gave and they gave, and there was no end to this uh, seeming commitment to wanting to own another people. What if Trump could have negotiated with the South to abolish slavery? I find that acceptable, not so whack as you're implying you know you and i are just going to respectfully disagree here that is one of the crack smoke craziest things i've ever heard 
that had Trump been been there or anyone had been in a position to negotiate away slavery. What was the crack in that pro-slavery fissure that you see? Yeah. Well, and what do you negotiate? What are you giving away? I mean, are you going to sit down and just convince them, by the way, these people that you whip, that you torture, that you beat, that you separate after you breed them and all that, these people are human beings and you ought to treat them like human beings. And then they go, oh, wait, you know, when you say it like that, now I feel like, I mean, what are you negotiating away? Hey, get rid of slavery and we'll let you carve off your own country. I, I don't get it. Here's another text. I love the fact that Haley continually brings up that chaos follows Trump and it's exhausting. Well, that's true, man. It does. My wife is center left Dem and loves Nikki Haley. Well, there's something too. And that polling that shows, I can't remember who did it, that she has a 17 point lead on Biden. If it were a head to head matchup again, I, She's not going to win. It's going to be Trump. Trump's going to win the primary. Trump's likely going to win the presidency. I'm just saying when he says things like this and nobody pulls the reins back, nobody pulls him aside and says, even if it was just a speculative opinion, Gino, that's crazy. What if he had said, you know, what if we could have negotiated away uh, the Holocaust? What if we could have convinced the Nazis to just stop interning Uh, Jews and putting them in ovens and gassing them. What if we could have just, we could have saved so many lives. How are you going to do that? Once a people is committed to the idea that the people they're killing or enslaving aren't the same as them, don't deserve the same respect. What's the negotiation? It's the same freaking thing with Hamas. Once you have a people that are committed to beheading babies, what's the negotiation? What's that thing you say to them that's, I'll trade you this for that? It's just, it's silly. It hurts my brain to try to think about it. And I'm not the historian. But find me someone that says, gosh, we were so close to negotiating away slavery. We were so close to keeping it all together. If we had just traded what? Steel for slaves? Access to ports? I mean, what was the thing that was going to get the South to go, you know what, on second thought? Owning people is counterproductive. I mean, the North had already blown past the model with the uh, cotton gin, right? They'd already blown past that industrialization, caused the economy in the North to explode while the South was still languishing with their largely agricultural economy. I I don't know. I could go on and on, but it's it's an interesting conversation, not from the standpoint of could it have been negotiated away, but does it matter to you that this guy who's about to become president of the United States thinks like this? Uh, what's being, someone texted in here, just tuned in, what's being negotiated. This is just a reference. Listen, I'm just interested to know what your thoughts are. Is this a big deal? Is it not a big deal? Does it concern you that a guy who's about to be the president of the United States believes that slavery could have been negotiated away back in uh, 1861 and we could have avoided the loss of nearly 700,000 Americans through uh, that four plus year civil war? I mean, do you believe that? And if you don't, is it okay for the guy you're going to vote for to have come out and said those things out loud? I don't know. There's more sound out there. We'll try to get to that. Hey, listen, uh, stick around. Before we cut away, though, I want to tell you about uh, Rocky Mountain Men's Clinic. Uh, These are folks out there solving a problem that it's just hard for dudes to admit. I I understand that. You get to that place in life, whether it's a function of diet, stress, normal life activities, just getting older that your body doesn't produce the kind of testosterone and other things that it should 
to allow you to be, whether it's that uh, hard-charging guy that works out, maybe it's uh, performance with your significant other. I get it. I understand, right? Like these are problem solvers for a problem that is truly life-changing. Like we, we talk about a lot of great things out there on this program through advertisers. This single one can turn your life around on the issues that, that kind of hover around the back of your head if you're dealing with this. It's so easy to just pick up the phone and call them at 720-440-7900. Just have a conversation. Just talk to them about what they can do. They can help you with your New Year's resolution, which is to get you back. You want to reverse that that sluggish kind of low energy feeling? Sleep pattern sucks. Mine has for 14 years. These are folks that can deal with the low testosterone issue. It's not your fault. It's This is just your body going through what your body goes through. You can't be blamed for this. This isn't because you were a smoker at 18 or because you took a couple shots before you were 21. It's not like that. These guys can reverse that. RockyMountainMensClinic.com. RockyMountainMensClinic.com. They've been doing this for more than a decade. They've treated tens of thousands of men. Why not be the beneficiary of their expertise? 720-440-7900. 720-440-7900. Stick around. We'll get to your calls, your text. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brocker back with you here, 710-KNUS. Hey, let me tell you about uh, something you can do, not for yourself physically, not like uh, the good folks that do all the things that improve your health, because we got a ton of them, and I love those folks, but the things that improve your quality of life through upgrading your home. And I'm talking about our friends Joyce and Brent Tolliver at Roll Em Out Shelves. Uh, they're the folks that find a way to make that cabinet space that seems like it's just dead space, like it's pla- it's a place where you put the seasonal things you never get to into something usable. I've had them at my house. They've come up with a plan. I've got to execute on it, but they've got so many creative ideas. You can find them at RollEmOutShelves.com. they got the videos of how they do the installation with their, their employees, not subcontractors, employees. That just gives you a better quality. And uh, they can begin the transformational part of this house less than a grand. Less than a grand. Free in-home estimate. All you need to do is to pick up the phone and call them at 303-475-9601. 303-475-9601. They are some of the nicest people that you're ever going to meet. RollEmOutShelves.com. That's Rollem, E-M, com. Now, listen, we've been talking about a couple things here. It's really based on the text, man. It's kind of morphed into this Haley versus Trump sort of a thing here. Um, it, it was born of two things. One, the, this latest polling, a CNN poll and a Rasmussen poll, have Nikki Haley within single digits of Donald Trump at New Hampshire. Now, it, it seems a little bit silly to talk about that because it looks like she's still going to lose New Hampshire. And she's still going to lose Iowa. Hell, she may come in third behind DeSantis in Iowa. Don't know yet. Um, This is not, hey, the end is near. I'm not telling you that. I'm just saying it's interesting to me that she has had the surge that she's had. And while that surge has been going on, the attempts to derail her uh, by Trump and DeSantis and and certainly Vivek. My God, Vivek can't stop beating on Nikki Haley. Um, They're real. But she's helped them in a way. And she had this quote, uh, this answer 
to a Civil War question about the cause of the Civil War, and she omitted that slavery was a cause, and then she got beaten up over it. Meanwhile, over the weekend, President Trump talks about being able to, or, or, or suggesting that what if the Civil War could have been negotiated, which just feels silly to me. I, I don't know what that opening would have been. I can't, I mean, but, but what it shows me as a voter and a consumer of this information is that he, one, he doesn't know history, but two, there's a degree of hubris there. Like this guy thinks he's capable of anything that breeds recklessness that breeds the kind of decision-making that, that leads to bad outcomes. And somebody texted in here and said, I wonder if Trump thinks he could have done better than Neville Chamberlain. Great point. I mean, when Chamberlain travels out east and gives away the Sudetenland to the uh, to the Nazis, to Hitler, by the way. And, and do you remember the argument that was historically and culturally German lands? Where have we heard that kind of language? Oh, yeah, Ukraine from Putin. Oh, these are culturally and historically Russian lands. That's why they belong in our hands. Well, never Neville Chamberlain gave in to Hitler. That didn't seem to work out too well. Are we going to see the next president of the United States give in to Putin and give up Ukraine? And I get it, man. I mean, listen, this is the seven o'clock hour and we get followed in a couple hours by Charlie Kirk and Dennis Prager and Seb Gorka and all the smarty smart guys. And Charlie is a big, big opponent of Zelensky and our efforts in Ukraine. I just disagree with him. Dude's smarter than I am. He's more successful, younger, better looking, all that stuff. He's just wrong. I'm just telling you, he's just wrong. This idea that we're going to use Ukraine as a vehicle to beat up on Biden is silly. This is an opportunity for us to stand up for right versus wrong. Not to say that Zelensky's great. It's not to say that all the people in his administration are ethical and there's no crime. I'm not saying any of that. I'm saying there's an opportunity to stand up to evil, right? There's a, an opportunity to stand up to the bad guys. And here, without question... Whether it's standalone or comparative, the Russians are the bad guys. Putin is a bad guy. He's an evil dude. And he invaded another country, used whatever excuses we're willing to allow him to give to try to take over land that isn't his, that doesn't belong to Russia. And now we're talking about, well, we'll negotiate it away. I will end that war in the very first day. The only way that, war's en that war ends is if we surrender part of Ukraine. Not even our country, by the way. We surrender part of Ukraine. But this gets us to the Civil War thing. This guy believes the Civil War could have been negotiated away. And I've got folks here that have texted in. Here's one. The Emancipation Proclamation was passed by the Senate April 1864 while the war raged on. Later, 1865 by the House, leaving the southern states out. Um. He said, uh, this is the same texture, smart guy, slavery was, or woman, slavery was negotiated away. Proclamation applied only to states that seceded. Some of the border states were exempted. So Trump was right. Some states were negotiated. No, he wasn't right. You could not. He, he's not talking about negotiating a couple states here or there or the end of the war. He's talking about having avoided the war entirely by negotiating. I want to know how he'd have done it. I want someone to tell me what would he have traded for slavery? What would he have traded? I don't understand this text texture. OMG, please don't mimic Biden. I don't know what that means. I don't know what it means to mimic Biden. George, don't forget Trump 
met with Kim Jong-un, North Korea, and negotiated a temporary truce and prevented a war breaking out. I was impressed. Listen, please don't hear me to say that there is no room for negotiation in geopolitics. I'm not saying that at all. But on the issue of what do we do when we own other people and treat them like property instead of people, the, the slavery issue, tell me how you see that being negotiated away. Tell me if you believe Neville Chamberlain was right, because we're about to Neville Chamberlain Ukraine here. And what do you do with Hamas? You and I can talk about whether or not we should be involved in these things through our financial support, military support. I'm happy to have those conversations. But the part that I don't think is debatable, not from the Western mind, not from our set of values, is who are the bad guys? Without question, Putin is the bad guy. Without question, Hamas is the bad guy. Without question, Hitler was the bad guy. And without question, those who led the civil war for the purposes of maintaining the institution of slavery were bad guys. I'm not talking about the foot soldiers who went because they thought they were defending their homes. I'm talking about the big policy guys. They weren't fighting for their land. They were fighting for people to own. How do you negotiate that away? 303-696-1971. It's our good friend Brian from Arvada. Brian, how are you, my man? Hey, George. I'm doing good. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the problem here is Trump's words, his bravado. I, 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 I don't like all of that stuff. But policies, George. It's all about policies this time around, not the man, not the cult of personality. It's about policies. I sure like Trump's well, policies. Do I give do me I an like example of the ones that you're looking for that he's that he's pushing right now? Uh, close the borders. Agree, I agree How with the close that? the borders. I agree with uh, stay outside lower the country. corporate taxes, um, which actually lowering taxes provides more money to the Treasury than ever. Interest rates down to two point three or two point five like they were uh, independent. Well, well, oil. How, how's he go, how's he going to get the interest rates down? Uh, well, because when uh, people are working, money costs less, and so people can afford stuff. People uh, that you only raise the interest rates, George, when inflation is off the charts. So uh, the inflation wasn't off the charts under Trump. Well, um, how about the, uh, drill here, the, drill the un- now? The employment, the unemployment rate ain't bad. It's not great. It ain't bad. I'm not sure how he's going to do the interest rate thing, but on this issue, and you have to agree, Brian, that these geopolitical things. They're front and center, right? Like he doesn't just get to focus on the domestic stuff. That's what Bush thought. And then all of a sudden we had 9-11. Do you worry at all about his approach to uh, geopolitical negotiations or diplomacy with this kind of a mindset that we could have negotiated away the Civil War? And when he says that, one, do you agree? And two, if you don't, is it because he's ignorant of history or what? No, he's not ignorant, ignorant of history. I mean, he's not a history buff by all means, but he's not ignorant on history. The guy's a, a, a master deal maker. And what I can tell you, George, uh, Russia didn't attack Ukraine under Trump. Hmm, I wonder why. No, no, I know, um, but, but they're and, there now. I, I, I give you that. They, right. they invaded so, when, you know when Biden was do? president. Well, we're giving them $4 billion every, every freaking other month. 
and this country's going to hell, and we're giving these guys $4 billion. I'm not a fan of the Ukraine war. All those other countries surrounding them, they need to step up and help out. You know what I'm saying? We're not the brunt. We're not the world's police officer. And so I agree with Trump. They they didn't do we're going to have less wars under Trump, not more. I can tell you that right now. Because yeah, but, guess but, but what? We didn't, what expense, we didn't have any wars under Trump. At, at what expense? But as soon as he's gone, what whatever expense? Uh, I mean, of, what do we, of, what do we give away to avoid conflict? First. What would you give away to avoid conflict? Uh, how about peace through strength, which is exactly what Reagan said, which is what okay, Trump did. But, but he, hear me out he then. Built, what, is strong, the what is strong about giving in to Putin? And sitting down it's, on it's, day one and saying, hey, what is it you want? What can we give you? How is that well, strength? It's, it's not giving Ukraine over to them, but it's saying it's coalescing other countries around it instead of we're not providing them troops, but we're just sending our money over there, our treasure over there. Sorry, I'm, I'm over it. Too but, bad. So how do you Defend want to see yourself. that thing resolve? You want to see well, Trump negotiate what with Putin? Oh, I, I think if Trump came back in, Putin would back off. You think he, he would leave Ukraine? Trump. You think he would uh, leave Ukraine? There, there, I, I think he would realize that Trump would make some pretty bold statements. The military would do some pretty bold fronting. And Russia doesn't want to get in war with us. The, the part that, That's the, the last part thing I don't, they want. The part I don't get with that approach, Brian, and I've heard, it's, you're not the only one that said this. Charlie Kirk's of a similar mind and all these others, is, that, is this idea that... He's so strong and people are so worried that he would use the military that they would leave Ukraine and they would not they would not have invaded Ukraine. And yet what we're cheering on is the idea that this guy would never use the military like we we don't have a president that would use the military. I, I, I'm missing the point on people are afraid he would use it when he has come out and said, I simply wouldn't use it. I'm going to end the Ukraine war on day one. One, I don't, I don't know how you do that, but the negotiation piece is the part that gets me. It's not just his ignorance of the history, but this idea that we could have negotiated away slavery. Could we? Do you think we could have negotiated away slavery? Not negotiated it away. I think that that was going to happen uh, no matter what. I think there could have been some uh, compromises made, but that that was 200 years ago we weren't making compromises we were you know we were fighting it out i mean we well, but we did compromise it. we actually had something you know? called the missouri compromise i mean we spent every year after the constitution dealing with the institution of slavery and trying to negotiate with the south and it never ever worked i i what i worry about is this guy's going to show up and negotiate peace not out of strength but peace just for peace sake and that just, what do you do with Hamas? What would he do with Hamas? What would Trump do with Hamas? Let Israel take care of it because they, they, they know how to t and stop condemning them for, oh, so many innocent lives are being killed. Now, right listen, now. this this let let Israel take care. of Yeah, it. but we have put a ton of our treasure in the form of military movements. We have, I think, two aircraft carrier groups in the area. All of that is there at our expense to facilitate Israel doing this. Is that OK? Uh, I'm I'm probably not even a fan of that either, George. I, I really, you know, I, I just don't want to fight other people's wars. If if they're desperate and they need our help, let's help them in some way. But let's coalesce around other countries. We can't just be is there some billion dollars into Ukraine, George? And there's no results. What are the results? We've held Putin back. 
have we stopped the war by giving them all this oh, money? Pardon no. me, excuse me, excuse me. Got a question here, Brian. You oh, wanted to Brian ask you wanted to yeah. ask what the result was of all the money that we've given to Ukraine. I have a direct result yeah. for you. That if I would come to you, I, I'm just saying that I, I, I'm, I'm postulating that if I came to you early on and said, here is the result of us putting all this money into Ukraine, you might take me up on this offer. Here's the idea. Russia invaded with 360,000 troops. As of the last report from our very own Department of Defense, Russia has lost or had killed 300,000 troops. They had a standing army before invading Ukraine of 900,000. Wow. That is an attrition of not only most of their invasion force, but also one-third of their standing army. Russia's army has been devastated by a loss of one-third of the troops, and we haven't spent a single American life or a drop of American blood to accomplish that. We have spent money. And so if I came to you before we went into you, before the Ukraine war and said, I've got a way for us to cut a check that in part 60% of that around goes back into the U.S. economy and we are going to take out one third of the active Russian military. Do you want in? What's your answer, Brian? Do you want in on that or not? If those are true facts, they really. are. Um, if if the sixty percent came back to our economy, which I don't believe one bit, okay. but if if that's true, I would probably consider it. But spending this billions of dollars in Ukraine, I'm not for it. Okay, Let's Brian. The Brian, other countries and the whole me, world can step me, up. Brian, excuse me. Why can't the whole excuse world me, step Brian, up? Brian, can you talk to me about how we partition Watch our your aid? Time. <laughs> okay, how do we partition our aid, Brian? Uh, how is the aid sent over there? Are we sending them giant novelty checks? How is the aid? How is the aid being sent over, Brian? That's important. Uh, yeah, I mean, what, what we're going to say for food and supplies and for mi- military equipment? We're, we're se- or yeah, we're sending whatever them, we are, the Pentagon yeah, says. We right? are, yes, we are sending them equipment and sometimes training. Nearly sixty percent of the money that is being sent to Ukraine is actually being purposed and respent back here in America because when we send them ammo. The U.S. military has to replace that. That means the U.S. military goes out and buys more ammo. When we send them older vehicles, we replace those vehicles based on attrition. So we are now, the old vehicles that we sent there, we are now cutting checks for the companies of the Department of Defense to buy new vehicles. This is in part a jobs program here in the U.S. Nearly 60% of the aid money that is going to Ukraine is being spent either in America, on American companies, or with Americans, because when the Americans go over and train the Ukrainians how to use this defense system or help them with the food resources and everything, that's American dollars that are paying them. Where does so, it end? Yeah, um, when um, when Ukraine is free, because geopolitically we need them. Right. Not, and and when is that, Billy? I'm. I don't know that we know. I don't know that we know the answer. Years but I, I do billions think billions of more dollars. Mm, all I don't justified. Know. Could we take out another of third of the Russian program? military at the same time? I, I don't, I don't know the answer. It, it's one of those ones where I'm not smart enough to tell you uh, that there's an end date, but that's true of every war. I mean, like, I can't tell you when Israel finishes up with uh, Hamas in Gaza, but we're well, going to see that thing through. There should be. There should be. Not but you can't an do that with war. That, you can't There do that can't just war. be checks written and just continue to be written without any kind of end in sight. The yeah. American people aren't aren't for that. They're not supporting that. They're not supporting for endless. It's, it sounds like what we're, we're going to support, though, Brian. And by the way, thank you, man, for the extended call. But yeah, take, thanks, bro. Yeah, we're, we're going. I, I love that you listen and call. Um, at the end of the day, man, the, the problem here is is we're stuck with a situation that uh, we didn't create 
but we've got to respond to. And, and if we're about to elect someone to the White House that is all about not peace through strength, but just peace for peace sakes, like I could have negotiated this outcome, that kind of recklessness, that's how you get taken advantage of. As people in business, man, you want an overconfident person to show up and negotiate with you. Hey, there's more to this stuff. Listen, 303-696-1971. Lots of texts coming in. Uh, give us a call. Let's have this conversation. I love that Brian did too. Going to cut away for a break. When we come back, we'll finish up this segment. We'll get into the 8 o'clock hour. It's George Brockler, 710 KNUS. Brockler back with you here. Final uh, seconds of the show. In the 8 o'clock hour, we're going to have uh, Richard Holtorf. He is a, I believe he's a representative. He's a senator, I apologize. But he is going to be running, he is running for uh, Congress out here in the 4th Congressional District. Have a great conversation with him and see what that spurs in terms of response from y'all at the texts and the phone calls. Stick around. It's George Brockler on The George Show, 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com